You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the Always Trading Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. You know, we were just talking about G.I. Joe, a little deep dive into the history of uh-huh. the famous toys and, and cartoons. You and I, some might say, are like the Crimson Twins, Tom X and Aximo. Uh, I think they're Italian. <laughs> Paoli is their last name. And the whole thing was one Paoli. felt pain. <laughs> the other felt pain at the same time. They were like they they were they were linked, even if they weren't in the same place. And that's you and me, yeah. Josh. Yeah. We're the crimson twins of FPL. That's true. When I'm doing well, you're extremely happy for me, right? Mm-hmm. And when you suffer, I suffer too, right? And so that that's the sort of the, that's the dynamic, right? It works yeah, out, I'm sure. It works yeah, out like well. I get twi- I get twice the joy, <laughs> and you get twice the suffering. <laughs> sure. I'm sure the writers' room of GI Joe, they're like, well, the way this usually works in reality is when one person's happy, the other is sad. Um, but that's a lot more <laughs> difficult to write for a Saturday morning cartoon. So, uh, but for yeah, you and I, I think it's yeah. as demonstrated by Game Week 13. When one is up, one is down. More than Game Week 13, you are rolling in FPL right now, Josh. I'm about to be on my third red arrow in a row. Well, we'll see what uh, Skamaka does tomorrow, right? I mean, a return from him would probably get you back into sure. the green. I mean, it would probably, it probably would get you back into the green arrow territory, right? It'd be, it'd be possibly, anyway. possibly. Not to be too pessimistic, but one does not just pin their hopes to Skamaka, do they? No, no. It's. Uh, I feel like that's something that uh, I, I. You know, we're going to talk about your wild card in a second here, and I, I'll be curious to see if Skamaka is on it, Brandon. I suspect <laughs> sure. he is not. I haven't actually looked at you. I saw you dropped it in the chat here. I've not looked at it yet. Um, so this is going to be a fresh look for me as well, uh, fresh on the pod. Um, yeah, I am. It's. It's been a great run. I mean, I can't. Uh, you know, it's. It's interesting. I mean, I was trying to think about what really set it up, and it, it really was the game week eight wild card. It's sort of. Um, you know, we've talked about this before in the pod, Brandon, about, you know, how these wild cards, sometimes it's like a, a weekend, you know, you don't have a bad or, you, you know, you don't have a, a terrific game week out of the wild card. And you're like, man, I just, you know, I blew it or I should have waited a week or whatever. But sometimes you just, you, you know, you, you through the balance of your team really, um, really lifts you, you know, over a period of time. And I think for me, it was the, the thremium gamble, uh, which is that I went with, um, what was at the time, KDB. Uh, KDB, Holland, and Kane. Uh, KDB, like everybody else, turned into Mo Salah, the great disappointment of the last two game weeks, which we'll talk about more in a second. But um, sort of it helped me in two ways. One was that I've just had Kane for this like remarkable run of consistency. You know, I mean, it's just he's not blowing the doors off, but it's just every single week, I'm you know, outside of the midweek fixture, I'm getting you know, something like six to nine points from him, you know, it's just incredible consistency. And you, you, you know, you take that over five or six game weeks and that's, 
you know, whatever that, you know, ends up being 30, you know, 30, 40 points. And so that's, that's one benefit of it. But the other benefit of having the premium was it put me in a position where I was consistently starting Andreas Pereira because I needed a cheapie in my squad because I had these three really expensive players. And that has turned out really well too. The, the sort of the gamble that he could be a decent FPL asset has really paid off. And he's just been, um, I mean, for a 4.5 million, uh, midfielder, I mean, he's playing as a number 10, right? He's been playing, he's playing right, right behind Mitro, you know, one goal, five assists on the season, two assists, you know, in today's match. And, um, I think I've had him on the pitch for, you know, that I guess it's the, in the last four matches, I've gotten a goal and three assists out of him. I've started him all four of those matches. And so, you know, that has really been a benefit as well as some of the other kind of, mid-tier players that I would have been able to afford, you know, if I had a little more money. Um, outside of, like, you know, I missed out on, like, uh, Madison really going off. But in general, like, on balance, it's really helped me to have this this kind of um, kind of imbalanced team, right, where I've got these really expensive players and then some some cheaper ones. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, I cracked uh, the top 20K. Looks like I'm at, I'm at 17. The site says I'm at 17.3K. 17, uh, 17. Um, I think with auto subs, it's closer to 18 uh, and then obviously there's a match tomorrow with Bournemouth and and West Ham. There's enough Bowen owners, Skamaka types like you, you know, Brandon, part of the Skamaka club. It's it's it's, it's small but mighty. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and even Bournemouth, uh, you've got um, Dominic Solanke, who's got a you know reasonable amount of owners. So I you know I think I'll, I I probably will get knocked back a little bit, but it looks like I, I say the chances are good. I'll at least stay inside the top you know 25k or so. So um, yeah, so I'm feeling you know really good about where I am. And the, the, what I'm really focused on now is, you know, we have this sort of unprecedented moment where we have three weeks to go until everybody gets to reset. And it's, it's a very unique situation because unlike most seasons, you know, obviously you have three weeks to go when it's, when you head into game week 36, but in that case, it's usually a little bit warped because you tend to have these double game weeks, um, you know, like all these matches, these FA Cup matches that have to get rescheduled. Um, those tend to fall into those final couple of windows um, or teams are exhausted. It's just like you're not really getting kind of an optimal, um, you know, like it's not just like a clean field where you just have 10 fixtures each week. Um, your hand is, some, is sort of forced a little bit with your transcripts if you want to make the most of those double game weeks. So it's a really unique situation where we just have three weeks and then we all get to reset with unlimited transfers during the World Cup. So, you know, it's a really interesting opportunity, I think, to really just target three game weeks, you know, three fixtures, even even go one fixture at a time if you can, you know, if you can sort of work it out with your team. And so um, that's sort of the theme of, of today's pod. Um, along with, uh, along with your wild card, Brandon. So before we get into your wild card, um, what's happening with your game week 13 squad? You've got one player to play tomorrow. <laughs> what is happening? We all want to know. I, I, I've, I've asked the team to, to come back to me with some thoughts and ideas, some bullet points about what's going on here. It'd be 54 <laughs> points, which is six above the average, but I'm, I'm knocked back about 18 K to 200 20k and it really is just all on the holland captaincy and i think you know the fact that i am six above the average is all credit to just the people who had blind faith with mo Salah and captained him andreas Pereira did return i'll grant him that now let's talk about um everybody else even even ederson he the wildness of getting an attacking return from your goalkeeper how can that possibly be dampened well it can be when you put in like one of the worst goalkeeping 
performances from a top six squad I've seen all season. You know, getting beat at the near post by Trosser, just like awful passing out of the back from him. Ederson just ultimately he reminds me of, I think most goalkeepers that anybody who's played soccer has encountered in their life. Anybody who's in goal is, is athletic enough and willing to do the job. Are they a good mm-hmm. goalkeeper? That's really like way down the list of priorities. Yeah. Ederson showed being up. Tall, he, being tall helps yeah. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm just I'm done with him for for the time being. Yeah, obviously, I'm being very bitter. I'm not going to make any grand judgments about the Brazilian. I feel like with you and premium keepers, Brandon, it's a, it's a, like you know you always it's it's like that Michael Corleone you know um, clip. You know, it feels just every, every year you swear them off. Not going to happen. This sure. Year. Not going to go with the premium keepers. But well, there, there's something about the call, yeah. you know, of the premium keeper. Just get the good players on the good teams, they say. And uh, it's just not come off. I had to make a decision on uh, who to bench. Trossard, Bailey, Duncan, Ward. I've got 29 points on my bench. I opted to start Joachim Anderson over Trossard or Bailey. Now, I thought that that was pretty sound logic. It, hard hard to really gauge what that Everton Palace result was going to be. Now, Everton at Goodison yeah. Park, we'll talk a little bit more about Everton later in the show, but you know that that's not a recipe for a clean sheet for Palace, but I just thought well, my odds are better there than Trossard City. What I thought I was going to be rolling out with up front was going to be Holland, Darwin Nunez, and Mitro. Maybe Jesus in for Skamaka. The Darwin injury scrambled my brain, and I ended up uh, just dumping Darwin and bringing in Jesus. Man, I wish I... And I, I was really strongly debating. I thought Klopp was just kind of playing mind games, doing a little man management, basically lying about this Darwin injury. Clearly, he was not. Um, but boy, if I, had, if I had tried to call Klopp's bluff, my game week would have been a lot better because I would have been getting an auto sub from, from Trosser or Bailey. Anyway, it, it was a week for trolls. Uh, and, uh, I'm, yeah, it's all resting on Skamaka's shoulders. And I think it's very, it'll be interesting to see who Moyes starts up front. Is it going to be Antonio yeah. or Skamaka? Skamaka has started, uh, like four, he started four straight. They've got a Europa league match on, Thursday and you know, Skamaka's getting lots of chances, but he is not scoring many goals. So I could see Antonio definitely getting a run out here. So we'll we'll see if it's a one point yeah. cameo or if I get at least sixty five minutes for Skamaka to show us what he's about. Well, you're not, you know, not that this will make you feel any better, but you're certainly not alone in the camp. Uh, like this was the week of the transfer. Like the uh, the week of transferring out the performing the high performing player, right? It was like you know Phil Foden and, and Saka were the two probably the two most coveted players on transfers yeah. this week, right? Saka finishes it with one point. Um, as does Foden, actually. Foden didn't even start, um, and that was very strange because he was just like, oh, I thought you know Mares was the player, and then Mares put in like a, like a one out of ten. <laughs> he was terrible. He's on a, he's been on a testimonial <laughs> tour for about two seasons now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it was a re- it was a day for salty Twitter for sure. I was I you know, it's uh yeah, there's a lot of I mean the Trossard out and then of course Madison um also delivers uh you know, a lot of people Leon had Bailey. started Pereira last 
yeah, Leon Bailey Pereira was in a lot of people's lineups at midweek and then obviously um, went back to the bench for, for, for many people. Um, just a lot of, um, you know, just, I don't know, just very hard to like figure out um, uh, how to, you know, it, it, we're just a really, it's just a really interesting time because there's just so many games right now and it, it's not, we're not, I don't feel like we're seeing heavy rotation, but it does feel like we're seeing heavy exhaustion. You know, like if you, mm-hmm. like what can you say about that forest match except that Liverpool were fried, right? I mean, it's they they play this, you know, really intense match on Sunday. Um, you know, inspire you know, lifts them up. Great match. Uh, they, they they beat Man City, one of their you know probably their best performance of the season. Uh, then they play West Ham on Wednesday, like arguably like a kind of heroic performance as well, right? Like another kind of miracle one nil. Um, it's um. You know, just just like a like a really like a really tough match. They lost most of their frontline players. Uh, hold on, you know, and, and win that one. And then uh, and then like two days after that, you know, they play or whatever it was. Three days, they've got to go and play the early match in Forest. And you know, it's not that I'm. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Like they're all you know successful professional athletes, and they're they're paid to do this job. But like, I I'm not. I wasn't surprised that they came out really flat in that match. You know, it's and it's sort of. They're just, there's just not like a lot left. There's not a lot. I mean, Alex Oxley Chamberlain made it out in the pitch, Brandon. Like that kind of says it all, right? Like once, once the ox is out there, you know, things have gone, um, you know, <laughs> disastrously off the rails. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know, and I just think in general, we're just seeing a, a lot of like tired bodies out there. And I don't, you know, it's on the one hand, you'd be like, all right, well, that means I, I should like really target, you know, like go very defender heavy. But it feels like it's like affecting everybody. It's like a lot of like a lot of uh, like like cheap, easy goals are being let in as well. And so I think it's it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's always a little bit of randomness, but it feels like it's um, this is where maybe uh, someone like Harry Kane becomes like especially valuable because he's such uh, he's just so insanely consistent. Right. And so it's like you talk about like invest in invest in quality or whatever. I mean, Holland obviously is the other insanely consistent, um, performer. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, do you feel like you're seeing that exhaustion play out in the, in the pitch? And do you think that's, that's like something we should be keeping in mind as we think about who we bring in, you know, I don't know, like, you know, what, like what you want to do in your wild card? Yeah. I had that thought thinking about my wild card more in the sense of, um, not just the who's in form from the last game week, but who has sustained form. So you have, yeah, Kane and Mitrovic and Holland are the, the three attackers that immediately jump to mind there, maybe Kevin De Bruyne. And then you become a little more wary of uh, like what I've just done with Skamaka over the, over the last month is somebody who looked like they were about to get into form and no it was fleeting whether it's Skamaka's fault or whether it is as you're saying Josh the whole team around him is is exhausted uh, as as well as he he might be too and the other thing is looking at for game week 14 to 16 is trying to pick out players who have strong home fixtures or more than one home fixture because I think what you're seeing is home fixtures more than we've seen in like maybe the last in recent in my recent memory have really augured well for for the home team. Now there were a couple of notable yeah. away victories this weekend, uh, like, like Newcastle going to White Hart Lane. But I do think overall, overwhelmingly, the home teams have performed better, probably because 
you have those those home home the home support to help buoy tired players to help energize them. So that's a, another yeah. thing that I'm watching out for and thinking about as I assemble this wild card. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you, know, you can think about that in terms of transfers too. And I think, um, I mean, the team that immediately comes to mind for me is Brentford, which is Brentford at home are in like unstoppable, you know? And I, I sort of see this cause I have David Rea, you know, and I've been starting them all these, all these matches and you know, it's Brentford at home, absolutely incredible, especially at night. And, uh, um, like, you know, they, they, they play, um, don't they have a really, they have a really good match in game week eight, don't they? Yeah. They play wolves at home. Like I would not be surprised if that's like a three nil match, right? Just for exactly the reasons that you're talking about, which is just like yeah. tired bodies, but just like buoyed by, you know, um, you know, buoyed by, by the home crowd and sort of carrying them through. And Baba I don't know, I, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 you know, and I guess like we, I, I don't know if this will be a season long thing or not. I mean, it feels like the season's just going to be a little, um, it, it, it's, you know, I mean, I don't know that the, like the, the packed fixtures are really going to stop. Right. Because, um, we never had a, like, we never had like, never lost six weeks in the middle of a season before. Uh, and we also lost another week and a half because of the, uh, the Queens passing. Right. So I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really know. I mean, like, I feel like I, I don't want to go down this road too far and make it sound like I'm being overly negative. I mean, you know, every, um, every, you know, um, anything like this is an opportunity, right? Like, you know, in terms of like the game that we're playing, um, yeah. you know, you take this information and you, um, I, cause I honestly say I've, I have been enjoying the hell out of the entire season. I've loved it. I, I have really had a lot of fun. I, uh, I mean, the only thing I didn't like in September was we missed out on some matches, right? I mean, the, the, as, as far as like, you know, sort of narrative, like the end of that forest Liverpool match was incredible. I was watching it with, my wife and you know it was like eight thirty in the morning here in the U.S. and it was so exciting and like in watching like like they practically like the fans practically came into the stands and carried those Forest players off the pit like it was you know there was so much drama and you know mm-hmm. for that home stadium like just like you were talking about and you know I think so nine I, I think points been, might be yeah. enough to uh, stay up this season, Josh. Nine points we'll just see. might see. Yeah, it. I know back back to back clean sheets, but you know I think that I just you know so I think it's it's important to understand what we're seeing, you know, um, in terms of, you know, how it might affect, uh, you know, returns, uh, from your fantasy players. Yeah. But, um, I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I like having matches on all the time, you know, uh, it's, it's been, sure. it's been fun. Well, and so, but the, well, one yeah. other thought, one other thought on the exhaustion thing and things to look out for in the next three weeks, uh, that kind of plays into that is Raphael Varane and that, notable moment for him and his injury in the Chelsea Manchester United match and how he was openly weeping on the pitch, clearly thinking about what uh, an injury means for his world cup. And I can imagine so like virtually all the players out there who have either they're trying to make a world cup squad or they're thinking about the journey to the world cup and their performance there, how mentally taxing it is to be, playing in a very high stakes club match while that's all percolating in the back of your brain. You're like, I have to perform well. I can't get injured. Um, everybody's watching what's, and, um, I, I, the mental exhaustion apart, uh, in addition to the physical exhaustion, we may see more and more of. So there's a way to maybe like put a, like a, like a, like a little bit of like a bow on this conversation. I, I don't really know if there are like, genuine strategies outside of what you were talking about, maybe with home fixtures targeting those in particular. 
But I, I think just from like a from like a playing the game perspective, I think it's important to know this is happening because it, it's going to mean there's a lot more inconsistency or like a, maybe like a lack of consistency in terms of what you're getting uh, from your players. And it's just like it's going to be more fun for you to watch these matches <laughs> and, and play the game if you know that you may be getting some things that maybe don't track with what you were expecting, right? Like this has been a really tough stretch for the um, like analytics FC crowd, you know? And I think I, I have to think that the kind of the, the number of match, matches and the exhaustion are sort of affecting the the outcomes a little bit, you know? And so it's just, it's just something to keep in mind, I think, you know, just to make sure that you're yeah. sort of like not getting like incredibly down on yourself or making a bad transfer or something like that. Right. Because it's just like the exhaustion, I think is leading to some more inconsistent match results. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so let's do a little bit of housekeeping, Josh, and then we are going to jump headlong into the next three game weeks, putting some strategies together. I'll share my wildcard thoughts, my current wildcard draft, which is like price rise FC right now, but still actually um, a pretty good team. One dilemma that I have to kind of walk through with you is if you don't go threemium, you're going to end up with Uh, like 15 players, all of whom you want to play every single week, uh, which is another another problem problem in and of itself. So uh, lots to come. But before we get to that, I'll read through the always cheating Super League, uh, which is 26,000 managers plus and growing. If you want to jump in, just go to alwayscheating.com and find the league code there. In, in 10th place, we've got Stuart Tatchell, Mark Jordan in 9th, Alexander Monov in 8th, Peter Svein in 7th, Evan Smith in 6th, 5th place, we have Oliver Fennelly, James Teague in 4th, 3rd place, it's Balaz Kashani in 2nd, it's Sfunig Arson, and top of the pile, Graham McBlaine, the boys in hoops in 1st place. Every single one of these managers, Captain Holland, save James Teague, who falls down to fourth place. Captain Sala, bit of a bummer there, but still 53 points on the game week, still above the average, James. This is very much a, uh, a chin-up week for myself and a lot of other managers out there. And Josh, now I'll toss it to you to give a little cheeky plug for our Patreon page. All right, Brennan, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. Thank you to Noah and Louise, our newest producer patrons, Brandon. And uh, shout out to Sound um, the Claxon. I don't know. Yeah, Park Slope FC or something like that. I don't know. Park Slope Parents FC. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to Noah and Louise. And anyone can support the pod if you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You get access to an extra podcast each week, access to uh, the Slack where uh, there's been some. I don't know. I, I I always make it sound like there's some new thing, but it's just it's a very strong and recurring thread of, and it's it's become very you know I don't want to say close knit like no one can join, but just like it's a, it's a very like cheerful. There's a lot going on all the yeah, time. It's on the there, always so. cheating town square, Joshua. It is. It's the always cheating town square. So you can go. Uh, you can join that. You can get into our monthly uh, giveaways. Uh, I was looking at the. Uh, we have our our um, our uh, kit giveaway, Brandon, too, and there's some yeah. close competition. Uh, at the top there. So, um, yeah, we're just, you know, lots of giveaways, lots of uh, bonus content, and it's a way to say uh, thank you to uh, me and Brandon for doing the podcast each week. So, patreon.com slash always change where you can go. Let's take a break. We'll get back. We're going to talk about game weeks 14 through 16. All right, Brandon, we're back. Talking about strategies for targeting game weeks 14 through 16 ahead of the World Cup break. And 
you know, it's really interesting time, obviously, because we just have these three weeks. And, and again, there's there's really no reason to, to really think beyond these three weeks because we have this, this six-week World Cup break. And during that time, everyone has a chance to uh, build an entirely new team. Uh, you have unlimited transfers. So obviously, if you have someone like Erlen Holland, uh, you probably don't want to drop him uh, for, I don't even know, but you, know, you wouldn't be doing that anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But in general, uh, it's a time where you can sort of just worry about just targeting three in front of you and then you can reset in three weeks. So Brennan, you are in the position of having a wild card. I, I sort of think of you you in this wild card, it's sort of like the pitcher who's been shrugging off the catcher. You know, he's showing you the curveball sign and you've looked it off, you know, in game mm-hmm. week 12, it showed you the the knuckle, you know, you look that off in 13. And so now finally he says fastball, puts the two fingers down. You're, you're playing that wild card in game week 14. So what, what have you been thinking about over the last couple of days as your, as your wild card's been active? Like, what are you, I know you talked about, you know, the team value stuff, but just in general, what's your, um, you know, who are you targeting? Like, what are you trying to fix in your squad? I'm trying to get some goal scorers in my squad for one. Uh, a little bit more flair, a little bit more attack, a little less uh, reliance on defense. I don't think I've really been relying on defenders, but I've probably been caught navel gazing at my defense a little bit. Now that uh, my defense is probably going to be large, the, the biggest thing that is unchanged in my wild card. Uh, but, um, I just need to clear out a bunch of dead weight. Uh, if, if it's like a spark joy sort of a thing, if you Mm -hmm. don't spark joy, when I look at you, you have to go sure. Leon Bailey, uh, put on like a man of the match performance next to Danny Ings, uh, today against, uh, against Brentford, but no, I don't care. You're gone. You don't spark joy, (laughs) Leon. You gotta go. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Right. And, and I think I, I just need some explosivity. And you know, I, the, the team structure debate all season has been two premium or three premium. The big decision I'm making in my wild card is to have no premium midfielder. Phil Foden is, is sort of my cornerstone. He's my most expensive midfielder, double arsenal mid with Saka and Martinelli. And what, what Foden in place of Salah or De Bruyne offers me is basically endless flexibility up front. And must have for me was three strikers. Goals are just ruling everything. It's been rare and rare where you see somebody who's coming away with, with bonus without scoring uh, a goal. Now, granted, Trippier is is uh d- defense is, is a different ball of wax but um i just need some some pure goal scoring threat and some consistency uh i i said on the patreon pod a uh, symptom of my season has been two steps forward one step back maybe now it's like one step forward one step back etc cetera, etc cetera. so i need to have players who are just going to continually carry me forward not necessarily at any great pace because yeah, I don't want to panic. I mean, I, I'm still having what you would qualify as a good season. 220K is a perfect position to be to, you know, target the top 50K, if not higher, probably higher if you're ambitious yeah. for the end of the I'm season. Sorry. So that's good. Um, uh, but, but the only way this wild card is going to work is if I actually s- score a bunch of goals and maybe get a couple of clean sheets 
in the next three weeks before everyone resets. So that's where Kane yep. comes in, uh, where you know he, you know, Spurs have not looked very bright going forward, but he is, as as you said at the top of the pod, Mister Consistency. So yeah, like I'm, I'm looking for consistency. I'm looking for attack-minded players. I'm looking for goals. Yeah, the uh, looking at your squad right now. I mean, I think it looks very close to a team that I would probably put together. I mean, your midfield in particular, I think. Uh, Martinelli, Saka, Zaha, Foden, Andreas. I, it's pretty close to what I would do. I mean, I, I, I guess the only question really is, you know, do you feel like Andreas is enough an every week starter that you can turn, that you can downgrade Zaha into some five million-ish player? And then sure. does that give you money to, to upgrade? I don't know. I mean, Cancelo and Trippier are just going to start him every week, right? So then it's like, is there like one other, like do you, do you, do you try for a, you know, I don't even know, like a Trent, you know, like, does he, you know, I, I mean, he has to at least be in your thoughts and on a wild card, sure. you know, even though Liverpool have been so insanely disappointing <laughs> over the last, um, the last yeah. several weeks. Yeah. Here, here's one option is Zaha becomes Miguel Almiron. You save 2 million. And then in my defense, Joachim Anderson or Ben me, Ben me is, uh, I, I mean, Ben Mee is not a player I'm going to recommend to anybody, but I'm not going to start five at the back. So just give me a cheap guy who's probably going to play 90 for the next three weeks. I think it's Ben. So, yeah, if Miggy comes in for Zaha, then, yes, give me a benching dilemma in my defense, probably for Ben Mee, because you're going to outline in a, a moment, Josh, which teams have the best and worst fixtures over the next three weeks. Palace certainly have some pretty good ones. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, how are you feeling coming, coming out of that uh, Everton drubbing of Palace on Saturday? Not great. I mean, honestly, like, I, you know, it's, I, I mean, I like this team, but they're, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, you don't really know what you're going to get. And it's, it feels like in, in last match accepting it. It feels like they almost always find a way to, to get one or two across, but it's like they're sort of figuring out who they are right now. You know, you've got this Olise, Edward, uh, Eze, uh, Zaha. You know, you still have uh, Ayu out there. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I, Millie made his way into the pitch, Brandon. I was like, yeah, he's still, I didn't even know he was still on the team, honestly. Like, I did not, <laughs> I thought he left. Um, so, you know, it's sort of, it's just like a little, it's hard to target them for fantasy because it doesn't feel like, you would know which player to target, you know? And that's like Zaha to me was, um, it doesn't like crush me. And I did get a goal from him at midweek, but in general, I, I feel like that was a transfer. I, I consider like a bit of a mistake, you know? And um, I probably, if I was in your shoes, would consider bringing him down to Almiron. I don't know if that gives you the money to get Trent. It probably doesn't, but you know, something like Anderson to uh, Virgil van Dyke, you know, that'd be a little unique. Um, no one's got van Dyke. Um, and, I mean, God, Van Dyke scoring a header, a bullet, a bullet Van Dyke header versus Leeds on Saturday feels like it's got to be yeah. like a like forty percent chance of happening. You know, it's it's not like he didn't have his chances against Forest. Uh, there is a true yeah. funk on this Liverpool squad. I mean, why don't we just tackle question number one in the running order here? Sure. Seriously, what are we supposed to do about literally any <laughs> slash all Liverpool assets? I refuse <laughs> to talk about Salah anymore. I'm done. If you want to say something about him, be my guest, Josh, but I don't care to talk yeah. about him. 
that's just a dead conversation as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think it's an interesting, the, I, the only uh, part of the conversation I still want to have is uh, there's a difference between not having him on your wild card, which is where the situation that you're in right now. And I 100% would not have Mo Salah on my wild card, just like you, uh, and transferring him out, you know? And I think that's, that's the situation I'm in right now. It's like, do I burn it? Do I, am I so annoyed at him? Right. <laughs> and the fact that he looks slow and, um, he can kind of only get it up now for these like Man City matches, you know, it's sort of like, okay. you know, it's like, you know, it's like he sort of has like these like moments now where he like gets really, uh, you know, where he, he like, I don't know. I mean, like the team doesn't help. There's, there's no, there's no Sadio Mane on the left anymore. You know, I mean, you know, unless we forget Sadio Mane he finished what third in the Ballon d'Or last week. I mean, this guy, it's not like they lost you know, just some, some left winger that like, you know, they like plug and play, like throw, throw, you know, Jota in there and it won't make a difference. Or even someone as good as Luis Diaz, like Sadio Mane is an absolutely brilliant player, maybe one of the 10 best players in the world. And so, you know, top 20 at least. And so, you know, you sort of. Number you know, three, just, as you just said, Josh, number three. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not like a huge fan of the Ballon d'Or <laughs> uh, in, like in general. I think it's kind of, kind of lame and, and, and not really worth paying too much attention to, but you know, but you know, it's also just like, it's, it's like, it's like the gold glove in baseball. They just give it to the same people every year. You know, it's just like, it's super, uh, I mean, then Kareem Benzema wins, which is just like, well, I don't know. Sure. Well, I don't want to so talk about the whole, yeah. uh, the La Liga is uh, French. La Liga is Spanish. I should say for, for Ballon d'Or or Ballon d'Or is French for La Liga. What am I saying? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it's, uh, so I, I guess I, I, now I just feel like I'm rehashing the solid stuff that you didn't want to talk about. I mean, he has not been good. You're keeping him. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, oh, first of all, I'm not, I'm not making any decisions until uh, later on this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like maybe I will, like it's, I, I, he's just another player, like in my, in my squad, like, is it, you know, it's sort of. I would never make an emotional transfer, like, like, you know, despite my annoyance at him, like it's sort of, you know, I mean, like, I just feel like he's, um, I mean, they play leads at home. Like, I don't know, you know, it's, uh, is there like a, I, I could move Zaha to Saka. Uh, one of the reasons I brought in white on my, on my transfer last week was that I still gave myself that option. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just really out on, on palace is one of the reasons I'm arguing for you to just go to Almiron. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like um, uh, it's. I don't feel great about Salah at all. Um, I don't really know what we'd expect from him. Like, I don't know if he starts in the Champions League. Does he start again on Saturday? Probably has to because they just don't have any other players um, to start in that squad. I mean, Leeds are terrible. I mean, they really are. Like the the little like nice run at the start of the season is just completely faded. And just in general, I mean, you talked about home teams lifting up. You know. They're players. And I mean, we've already seen that twice with Salah in the last eight days, you know, um, scored a goal at home to Man City, um, had some chances in that West Ham match. Not many, granted, uh, had a, you know, had a header opportunity late. Was that, was that, was that, was that or the forest? Man? They're like all blending together now. You know, it's like, a, but he had like that little like loopy header right at the end. I think it actually was. The We're not going to count that one, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I guess like. If I, I could move him for Saka, 
I suppose. Um, that would, I guess, be the move. I mean, it's I only have one transfer available to me this week, and so it's just whether that's the best use of it. And um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so I guess I probably am going to keep him, honestly. Um, and then my what I would do is hold on to him for one more week, uh, and then in game week 15, I would move him to either Kevin De Bruyne or um, Phil Foden. And I think that is where things get really interesting because it's almost like the the inverse of what we were talking about a minute ago, which is that if I were on a wild card like you, I'd bring in Phil Foden. But if I bring in, if I if I transfer out Salah next week, I only have two weeks, you know, before the for the break. So the value of Foden is not really as important, right? And so in game week 15, I may just opt to go for Kevin De Bruyne, especially if you have an idea of what my game week 16 transfer is going to be. Because all things being equal, I would rather have <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne over Phil Foden. I mean, the reason uh-huh. why the reason why things aren't equal is because Kevin De Bruyne is four plus million more than than Phil, Phil Foden. And over the course of several weeks, you kind of do want to reinvest that money. You can get almost as much out of Foden um, as you can out of out of De Bruyne, assuming Foden starts. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm with Salah. I mean, I'm super disappointed. He hasn't been the same since he left for the African Cup of Nations. Um, and, uh, if I was on a wild card, I wouldn't have him, but, um, as it is, I'll probably, uh, roll him out there one more time. Unfortunately, that is very exciting for you, which probably means Salah will return against Leeds. You have the hot hand, uh, Speaking of uh, hot hands, let's talk about best fixtures versus worst fixtures. Uh, Josh, you've got here best fixtures, these teams for the next three weeks. Everton, Man City, Manchester United, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal. What makes you think that Everton have the best among the best fixtures for the next three weeks? I will tell you why I'm not convinced is... Everton play away twice. They've only had one victory, uh, and they have not kept a single clean sheet uh, away from home, and it's two two 1-1 draws elsewhere on the road. I think that they really only get results at home, and Everton's next three fixtures are Fulham at Craven Cottage, Leicester City home, and then Bournemouth away. Make your case. No, I think you might be right, actually. Um uh, Man City, though, certainly have a good run of fixtures, uh, 14 through 16. Leicester, Fulham, Brentford. Uh, Man United are interesting as well. Uh, West Ham, uh, Villa away, Fulham away. I mean, as you said, the Fulham away match is, is, is a, a tricky one, um, or it could be. Um, you know, I'm just really just looking at the actual fixtures themselves. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely like, uh, I think if you're, if you're looking at the, um, evaluating each kind of team's form, I think it is a little tricky. I mean, there's actually a, a question that we had from, uh, Hancho Luke, uh, one of our Patreon supporters, who says, uh, what, team can, what teams can we actually target these days? Uh, Bournemouth look better. Forrest seem to figure out how to stop leaking goals. Fulham are legit good. Leicester are now keeping clean sheets. And Villa are unleashed from the shackles of Stevie G. It doesn't seem like there are any legit weak teams right now. Um, I think that's there's, there's an element of truth to that. I think um, it's almost like, yeah, I mean, I guess if there's like a unifying theme for this week's pod, it's that we should be um, really just thinking about good, like like teams at home, like and just <laughs> and just targeting home fixtures and uh, and 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 like trying to avoid teams that have a lot of um, that have multiple. I shouldn't say a lot because again, we're talking about three week window here, but teams that have uh, multiple away fixtures might be the teams that we want to avoid with our with our transfers. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What about Arsenal, though? I have three Arsenal in my wild card, and I'm not feeling super good about Arsenal. Their performance against Leeds, certainly in the second half, they struggled. And against Southampton, even though they, they went up early, they couldn't really get a handle on their attack. Gabriel Jesus is just turning into... Uh, he's, he's very fun to watch, but he's turning into a bit of a passion merchant out there on the pitch for Arteta. He's playing a lot of defense, uh, which is problem number one for fantasy. Problem number two is when he does get in attacking positions, he can't finish, which leads to further concerns for Arsenal. Like, are Arsenal among the more fatigued teams? They're playing in the Europa League Thursday night. Arteta is doing his best to rotate this squad to to manage the league, plus take uh, Europe somewhat seriously. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I could see a case for just dropping down to two Arsenal uh, at, at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, Jay, I don't even know what passion merchant means, but I, I like that. That sounds well, like, a, like an I mean, Anthony Knockhart sort of a player where he goes out there and he's, um, you know, he's just showing the, the, the supporters that, or whatever. Like, yeah, how much yeah. he cares. Uh, how much does it result in? Um, now, again, well, it's slightly different than Knockhart in that the part of the success of Arsenal this season has been the defensive work, the, the, the dogged nature of Jesus's performances, but it is well, turning into crap fantasy. Well, you look at that chance that he had. Um, I can't I think it was in the first half. I can't remember. But he had an incredible chance in that match. Right. Like, I think I think it was in the first half and he was you know basically one on one with the keeper and. uh just sort of just didn't quite do enough, right, to, to score on that play. It's, it's a snap play. Like, but these are the kind of things that, I mean, to be honest, if it was Aguero or maybe it's maybe it's unfair to compare him to, like, the best players. Um, but, you know, if it was Aguero or Kane or Holland or sort of any of, like, the real top strikers, like, they finish that chance, right? Like, they, they – and it seems like with him – it's like at some point, like it, we, it's been enough years now that we kind of know he doesn't quite have that like little extra knack for, he's just not a great finisher. You know, it's just like, I, I don't really know um, if that'll ever change. And it's, you know, it's, and maybe 
you're right that they're, and again, we're like in the psychologist corner here, not like in, you know, I, I don't know what his like, you know, stat charts look like or whatever, but, um, but you know, it's like, I just wonder if it is like, he's just, he gets too, um, he's not cool headed in those moments, you know, like it's like this sort of, some of like Kane scores, uh, that goal today, you know, wraps himself around the defender, you know, basically like dives at the ball, just gets the goal, gets up shrugs, right? They're, you know, like they're down, they're down two one at that point, but it's just like, that's what, that's what he does. Right. That's like, another, you know, and again, maybe it's unfair to compare him to Kane, but it's just like, but with Jesus, it does feel like there's an element of him, like really. I think like, it's fair, fire, Josh, to compare know, him to yeah. Kane. If Arsenal are considered top four, a top four team, if they're considered title contenders in the next few years, they yeah. have to have a striker like Kane, like Holland. I mean, he spent Ruthless. his entire tenure at Man City being compared to Aguero because he was meant to be the heir apparent, and he could he could never do it. He could never get it done. So, yeah, I, I think we're on the same page with him. Just like, uh, But Arsenal generally, though, uh, over the next three weeks, yeah. their, their fixtures uh, are Forest at home, Classic mm-hmm. bounce back game here if they can knock Forrest off the pedestal that they put themselves on. <laughs> yeah, Followed by yeah. Chelsea and Wolves away. So I, I, I feel like I, I, I rate that run you know, pretty well for a team as talented yeah. as Arsenal. I think I feel still good about Martinelli. The ter- returns haven't quite been there um, the way we'd want the last few weeks, maybe. I, but it just feels like he's just always involved, you know, it's like, he just, he's so involved in the, in the play. And I felt like even in today's match, there's just multiple times where he, you know, got a shot off or set somebody else up. And it's like, there's, there's a version of today's match where, where Martinelli came out of it with a goal and an assist, you know? And so I still, I think, especially considering the price that we still got him at, right. Six million, mm-hmm. six, five, whatever you brought him in at. Um, I think it was six. If you started the season with him, it's like, he's still, I think in the undroppable camp. Um, because it's just, um, I just see, it, it just seems like I, very easy for me to see him getting multiple attacking returns and kind of, Certainly in game weeks 14 or 16, the Chelsea one, I don't know, like is Kepa going to continue to like stand on his head for, you know, um, a few more weeks, even the one that like they, he finally conceded. It's like, I never quite saw an angle where that ball, like, like I, I believe that it crossed over, but it was so close, you know, yeah. it's sort of it like, was the it was, moment yeah. where he tried to ultimately palm it away. And I was like, uh, my, yeah, my wife was it. like, yeah. my wife was eagerly waiting for that match to end so we could do something, anything else. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so she was watching that with me and she's like, did it go in? It doesn't look like it. And she was like, it definitely went in. Then we had to explain the entire rule of the entire ball has to cross the line. Yeah. And as we were, yeah. as we were scrutinizing it, I'm like, did Kepa actually like sort of like with the gravitational yeah. force of his hand kind of suck it that one extra millimeter across the goal line? That could be how how rare that you and I both watched late game Premier League scenarios with our wives. You know, <laughs> what, a, what, context. A, what a time! <laughs> Talk about the Forest Liverpool match too. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I, I don't really know how to feel about them right now either. It's, it's a really disappointing draw. I know Arteta came out afterwards like Mister Positive, and he was like, "All right, this it's a great draw or whatever." But I mean, effectively, they're now they're not level with with Man City, assuming they win their their game at hand. And so it's, you know, they, they, I don't know. Again, it's like whether we should like feel like 
I don't know. As long as Arsenal are still in first, let, let's treat them like the first place team. We and you, you should be allowed to be critical of a first place team, right? Like a, they spend a lot of money. They're they're you know um, they're open to they're open to that. But yeah, fantasy wise, I think defensively, I actually thought they looked pretty good. The one goal that Southampton scored today was really quite a nice goal. Honestly, it was just a really well worked team goal. There's a lot of nice passing in the goal. It was you know I don't think there was any real mistake that Arsenal made on that one. It was just a, it was just like that was like a training ground, yeah. just like really well Ta- played. Tommy Asu, if he's a slightly uh, more accomplished fullback, closes that down a little quicker. Maybe I, mean, I generally yeah. agree with you. Great goal. Like uh, why why fault anybody? Just credit Southampton. Hashtag credit Southampton. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Tamiyasu is probably the guy there. Maybe Zinchenko's, yeah, maybe Zinchenko's mm-hmm. back soon. I don't know. I think he was. I, th- I thought he had a chance to, for, to be back as soon as this weekend. So maybe he's back by by next week. But I, I think. I mean, you have. I saw you have Saliba still on your wildcard team. Um, I brought in Ben White, and I think that Ben White is really. Um, I think slightly underrated as a as a fantasy asset. Of course, I wasn't expecting to get that assist today, uh, but I was honestly just thinking of him as an as a four point five million way into Arsenal. And I I think in some ways, I mean Saliba. In your case, you got him at four five. It's different, but if you're t- if you're asking me whether you should buy Saliba at five point one million or buy Ben White at four point five. For Ben White at four point five to me is the clear yeah. option there. Um, he also, I thought he was reasonably attacking today. Like he got himself into a couple of positions. There was a moment, even if he had that first assist where he set up Saka for a shot, and and you know there was a, you know, so I I I you know he doesn't um, he's maybe not a traditional fullback, but he is getting forward enough and seems like he's kind of learning how to play. It's actually weird, isn't it? Like I did not think that this Ben White fullback thing would persist um, as long as it has, but I, yeah. I mean, he was When you watch uh, today. when you watch All or Nothing on Amazon Prime, there is a whole Ben White episode where they sort of like take him into some, you know, video chamber and be like, "All right, Ben White, we're about to show you some video that is going to tell you why you're the next Lionel Messi or something like that." <laughs> and they keep talking about his positional awareness, like why he yeah. is such a great defender is that he he reads the game really well against Southampton. Yes, he was getting forward a lot more. It seemed to be that the tactics were, I feel like you rarely see Ben White overlap with Saka ever get farther yeah. up the pitch than Saka is. And that yep. was definitely a tactic that they seemed to work on for, for this match. Maybe I'd missed it in the, in the couple previous, but if he keeps doing right. that, yeah. then, oh yeah, like, Regardless, yeah, if you're reshaping your team, you don't already have money invested in Arsenal defense. Yeah, Ben White is the pick. I agree. Plus, he often gets subbed off in the 75th minute, which is great for a defender. You know, it's like, you know, it's like 20, 20 extra minutes sometimes where you can just, you know, luck box your way into a into a clean sheet. Um, yeah, I think that I, so I think I think that, yes, like a white, white Saka, um and Gabriel Martinelli would be three players I would strongly consider um, on a wild card. Again, I think because you got because you got Saliba early, I think I think um, it makes sense in your case to to keep him. But um, all right, so we're yeah. leaving this conversation a little more positive about Arsenal. That makes me feel better. All right, so who, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, who's got the worst fixtures here? Do we think in the next three weeks? Yeah, I mean this. We talked about it a little bit with 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 the Salah discussion. Um, all right, I felt like I was getting uh, roasted uh, in that in that solid discussion, but I, you know, I think that Leeds are are a team that that not only do they have pretty like two, t- I, I guess it's like one decent fixture sandwiched around two poor ones, but they they play away to away to Spurs and away to Liverpool in two of the next three. 
I am worried, Brandon, about our American cousin, Jesse Marsh. I, I, I'm not sure if he is long for this. Uh, for yeah, this I think it's probably over for him. He's acquitted. He's, he's better than uh, Brad Bobley. So uh, he at least yeah. doesn't go down in history the way, the way he did. But yep. uh, yeah, there's there's no way that man is in Leeds after Christmas or even uh, I mean, maybe he survives until the World Cup and then they figure it out from there. Oh, I, I, you know what I, I want? Uh, yeah, that, that's basically what I want. I want, I, I want him to uh, get sacked like at the end of game weeks. I mean, I, I don't want him to get sacked, but if he was if he was going to get sacked in game week 16, I actually think like he maybe deserves like a little more time. It's been a little scattered. Leeds lost two matches at the start of the season. They. Um, they need a little, they need like a little more patience, um, with this squad. Um, I mean, is there someone who's going to come in and like immediately transform that team? Like, is that, I, I don't know, you know, um, I mean, I'm not a lead supporters. Like, I feel like we have a lot of lead supporters, like FPL and leads, Brandon. It's like, a, I don't know what it is. Like, it's like, a just like it breeds a, a, an FP. It's like for every mm-hmm. child born there. It's it's like, it's like Northern Europe. There's just FPL, uh, supporters pouring out of leads is the Norway uh, yeah. of England. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, anyway, so I, I think the Leeds are our team to target. Um, they they have pretty bad fixtures. I mean, Luke Ailing's playing out there again, like your your least favorite player. You know, Brandon. He was uh, uh, probably at fault for the. Um, would you say that he's one? He's in he's in your top ten. I feel like I feel like you were not you were not a Luke Ailing guy. I have no beef with Luke Ailing. I just feel like we would always argue about Luke Ailing, not this season, but previous seasons, where you you thought. Luke Ayling was a good pick, and I would always argue against it. So that, I think that's your, why you think I don't like him. It, I, I don't want to put you totally in the spot here, but who are you? Who like what's in your top? Name a couple of players that be in your top five least favorite players in the Premier League, Brandon. Who's who's in, who's in your least favorite uh, group? Uh, Richarlison. Uh, <laughs> I knew I knew that was going to be the first answer. <laughs> uh, who else? Jordan Pickford probably. Uh, don't care for him. Uh, you just don't, don't like care his, for the, uh, his, the, his like style. Like it's like kind of, a, uh, yeah, like his, uh, I'm just going to give career ending injuries out like Oprah giving out cars. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I'm not into that. Sorry, Jordan Pickford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else? Milivojevic. Yeah. As we discussed, uh, <laughs> don't like the sight of him. Yeah. You know, the, the kind that I don't like are the like Philippe Coutinho types, like the players who on their day, I have a hat trick in them, right? They have like, you know, absolutely brilliant performances, but they can only be bothered to be that good. Like every ninth match, you know? And like, that's, that is like my least favorite kind of player is like the one who just, just can't be arsed, you know, sure. is the, uh, the British lingo. It's just like Mesut that. Is, Ozil. You mess it. Oh, I mean, I hate it. Mesut Ozil. <laughs> it was just, and it was always like, and the, and the defense of Mesut Ozil was always like, it's the, he's doing the things that the camera doesn't pick up. You know, it's like it's the the stuff that you can't see. It's, it's like this, like it's always like the most pretentious. And you know, it's like he's sure. linking up the play in ways that you couldn't understand unless you've you know <laughs> spent a lifetime studying sure. the, the beautiful game. You know, it's like yeah, it, he's playing you know, 4D chess, baby. Yeah, it's like if your defense of a player makes you sound pretentious, I probably don't like that player. You know, like mm-hmm. if the way that you have to describe the way that they're good. Like, it, like makes you have to use flowery language. Like I probably, 
I'm not a supporter of that. You just want some good old, like, uh, Danny Ings, Charlie Austin, Laz just smashing the old uh, pig bladder into the onion bag. (laughs) Yeah, that's really, that's all I'm about. You know, that's, you know, I'm I'm blue collar, though, Brandon. That's, that's, you know, you're, you're a little, you know, for you, it's a little bit different. It's me and, Uh, it's me and Odegaard (laughs) all the way. Yeah, that's, it's me and him. (laughs) You do, I, I like, I I actually think Odegaard is a secret, secretly like a, he's like a pretty hardworking dude out there. I feel like he's been awesome all season. I, I, in fact, to the point that I feel like I probably unfairly uh, joked about Odegaard and your love of him, um, you know, going into this year because he's awesome. Like he's he's a, he really like he's like he's just a terrific player. You know, like yeah. he's really fun to watch out there. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, anyway, all right. So we're out on Liverpool. We're out on Leeds. What do we? Okay, here's a question for you, Brandon. Okay. Um, almost like a two-part question first okay. one is are there any non-holland captain options for game weeks 14 15 and 16 i've identified a couple here okay game week 14 Saka, jesus maybe maybe martinelli like basically like an arsenal player you could consider an arsenal player holland is away at leicester but leicester have been playing better um there will be a champions league match at midweek for for Man City, how long presumably playing that? Would you even consider um, an Arsenal player for Game Week 14? No, I would not. Having <laughs> having suffered through that entire Southampton match and like everything I said about Arsenal, I feel like we came out of our Arsenal chat with an air of positivity, and I'm hip to that. But I do think that... I. I I think f- f- as far as I'm trying to resituate my fantasy brain, I need I want direct routes to goal. I do not want these very convoluted routes to goal. This is what I just yeah. went through with Trossard <laughs> and Brighton. I'm just like, how complicated yeah. do you need to make this? And yeah. Arsenal are yeah. sort of in the same boat for me right now, and they, it feels like they're not going to blow a team out right now by more than one goal, maybe two, if they're if they're really on. So who are the teams who are going to beat another yeah. team by well, more than that, a goal? Is there something there then? Is, is that, you know, I mean, if, if you really see that logic through, is there a case for you just saying, you know what, on your wild card, like I am going to just not go with Martinelli or Saka or, you know, and I'm just going to go for like an Antony, you know, and just try to go like off the board a little bit with like another kind of similarly priced player. I mean, as, as you noted, I, I, once you get past the forest match, it's two way fixtures for, for Arsenal. Um, you know, man, you had to play West Ham at home in, in 14. So it's a, it's a reasonably good fixture as well. Um, that'll be West Ham after the Europa league too. So, um, they may be a little, a little bit tired in that match. Uh, and then Villa and full in the next two. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a, I, I think it is interesting. Like, I, I, I don't I don't know that I totally disagree with you there. Um, but are there like, I guess, you know, and I think this does feed into the 14th or 16th discussion. And there's also a question about um, Nicholas uh, asked, uh, who do you not have right now that you'd really want in your team, you know, for the, for the stretch run? And are there some difficult choices right now in your wild card? Like, is there a player that you... Um, as you're putting together the last few days, um, that you're like, you know, I really would like them. I can't make the money work or I'm like weighing these two players. I mean, I see you got Ivan Tony up front. Was there like another contender in that Tony spot? Sure. Mitro for sure. Mitro I want, uh, but I'm ultimately favoring Brentford's fixtures. Now, ultimately what I do think. And so to just to go back at what you touched upon there with maybe just not have Martinelli, I do think 
Cain is very illustrative of, of the roadmap here is we've got the captaincy locked with Holland. I appreciate the argument or the discussion you're trying to form here, but uh, apart from Holland, who will captain, I'm just looking for a little consistency. Anthony, yeah, yeah. he was kind of the the, uh, the benchmark for consistency for three weeks there, but I don't really see him going forward as that. At least with Arsenal, even if they're not scoring bags of goals, I think we're going to get some uh, measure of consistency. That is the same yeah. for Mitro. So by the by the logic I'm sort of like putting out there, I should have Mitro over Tony, but I think Wolves home in 14 for one. I would mm -hmm. love to have Tony for that match. Followed yeah. by Forrest away, interesting. I mean, we're kind of just sort of like coming to grips with what the new anymore, Forrest. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, but I, is, I, I do is, get is like. Serge Aurier that good? Like, what happened? Like, it's, Well, yeah. what happened was Steve Cooper was just like, holy crap, this is going to be one of the worst seasons in recent memory if we don't just focus solely on playing defense, which I think is is sort of what they've they've emphasized. So it's it's he's he's taken a uh, a feather out of Scotty Parker's cap there. Now um then Tony faces Man City at the Etihad in game week sixteen. That seems like a ready made transfer to I mean maybe even like Mitro, who's hosting Manchester United there against yeah. what will probably still be a, a depleted back line. So Mitro is one and Kevin De Bruyne is the guy who I can't make work financially if I do want to go with Kane. Kane is, I, I don't feel like Kane is essential, uh, but he's pretty close. And I actually also do enjoy watching Harry Kane in the Spurs yeah. team as sort of like... <laughs> Sort of a Let's not forget the fun. Well, this this goes right into the George. Like, there's a question for George Gabriel here. I don't even say it's more like a statement. Uh, but he says um, Holland is a perma cap. Let's not even debate it. And then he said, uh, "Where else can we make up ground?" And I think I think you're on something here, which is that um, this sort of ties in with the decision you're making on your wild card, but also directly ties into the Kane thing. And it's like Harry Kane is where you make it's like. You just have like the season is so long, you know. Like we're 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 we just finished game week thirteen. Is that right? So we're we're a yes. third of the way through the season. Feels like we've been talking about the season for several months already. We're in a third of the way through, right? There's a very very long time to go, um, and you can't think of making up ground as making up twenty points in one game week. It's just it's just not going to work. You've got to think of it as four to eight points a week, and over four weeks you've made up. 30, you know, I don't even know, whatever, 16 to 32 points, right? And it's like that, but stretch that out over, you know, I talked about my game week eight wildcard at the start of the pod. Stretch out these these little gains, you know, over several weeks, and you really do have a rank jump. And it's and a cane is a great way to do that because he's just so damn consistent. You know, you just mm -hmm. you you're almost never gonna walk out of a, of a of a Spurs match without a return from Kane. And you can't say that about almost anybody else in fantasy fantasy, including yeah. Mo Salah. You know, and so that's that is where those gains come in. It's just uh, buying consistency as close as you can get um to it. And and like you said, I mean the 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 Holland the captaincy debate is over. You know, I until Holland gets injured it's over. And that's just, that's just how it is. And like, honestly, that's fine. Cause I don't, I'm not like a huge fan of the captaincy anyway, um, as like sure. a topic of discussion, you know? And so fine. Like there's other ways to make it. It doesn't ruin really the is. game. I agree. 
I don't yeah. think so either. And I, I don't even think teams look the same right now. I mean, I don't know about you, but it feels like that like moment in the first few weeks where it felt like everyone had the same team. That feels like long gone. I feel like Agreed. there's Jared Bowen and some teams and whatever. It's it's very it's very mixed up right now. Totally agree. I'm playing somebody in head to head this week who's got Wolves and and uh, Lester in their setup, like defensively and midfield, and yeah, they they're they're having a solid season as well. This is not a some sort of a, a dead team. So I I agree. There's a lot of variety. So and that that's that's something that you contend with on your wild card too. Is how do you weigh, uh, is this my opportunity to be different and uh, maverick? Because I've got a three-week window. I am favoring the approach of, it's not quite keep it simple stupid, but it is just like, just be smart. Um, This feels, it doesn't feel like a window, just kind of given, there was a little bit of a dark cloud hanging over the intro of this podcast. And I think... What that tells me is, is this is not the time where I feel like Maverick uh, calls are probably going to pay off in the way that they might later in the season, where the Premier League yeah. is liberated a bit from this World Cup. I think thing the action yeah. might be a little muted for all those reasons that we kind of talked through. So uh, it is. It's very much yeah. The it's it's the it's the Kane ethos right now. Find those consistent guys, the guys who you think you can get some, some, you know, just a, like a metronomic return from, and that will probably take you above the average easily every game week for the yeah. next three weeks. It's how you're going to have to do it because going uh, against Holland is just not, it's not wise because, um, I mean, you can just break it down. It's like, sometimes it feels like the, the debate gets so complicated um, especially with Salah, and then you get the like analytics wars. There's another big one that just busted out this afternoon, you know, that I, that I was reading a little bit of. And it's just Man City are the best team, and they have some of the most creative players, and they've got a great defense, which means they're often shuttling the ball forward, and they have the best creator of chances in Kevin De Bruyne that any player has in the league, and they have built their entire attack. So the best team maybe the best team in the world, even though despite their, you know, despite their um, uh, troubles, you know, in the Champions League, uh, the best team in the world has built their entire offense around a sort of gigantic, super fast, brilliant finisher, right? Like this guy is like created out of a lab. He's like the perfect, you know, forward. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the best team has decided to create their entire team around the perfect forward and do everything they can to create chances for him. And he's on pens. And their fixtures are pretty good. You know, it's like there's no, like you could just triple captain him like any week, you know, over the next three. And you probably pen, get, you know, a double digit return. The pen he took like, against yeah. Robert Sanchez was, it, the, the pen he took like, what is it, in game week two or whatever, where it was like, I likened yeah. it to Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line. <laughs> it, it was like. Yeah. Sanchez didn't even have a moment to think before the ball was just be, beyond him. I joked, I joked on Twitter that it was like, uh, in protest of the penalty, Sanchez didn't even move when that ball hit because he, he couldn't, right? He just ripped it. Like it was like the, the second he had a chance. Yeah, exactly what you just said. He he like Um, walked the hitter. 
He like intentionally yeah, walked yeah, Holland. Yeah, I like this. We should be working. You know, the 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 Phillies. Not that I'm a Phillies fan. The Phillies just made the World Series. Right. We should be working more baseball into our into this podcast. <laughs> People want it all the yeah. all the time. People want a lot of baseball yeah. talk right now. No, but I I also think he's he's super fun. I. You know, I just feel like I've been able to enjoy. It's interesting. I don't know why. Maybe after like four years, this will get boring. And like we got, we kind of got there with Salah, you know, near the end uh, after his kind of run of perma captaincy was over. But at the moment, like I just it's kind of I know every week he's going to be you know um, almost universally captained, uh, which is fine. And then you go into these matches and you get to watch him score all the time, and it's like. I, I enjoy it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I guess I could have some meta debate in my head where I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter or whatever. Cause it's, but it's like, I'm just, in, I am genuinely just watching these matches and watching him play brilliantly and enjoying it. And I don't know why I want to make this difficult on myself. You know, <laughs> like why I want to like find a way to captain Sala because you know, this, the, the, the data, which is like very heavily reliant on last year's data still, right? Like Sala should sure. not be at the top of these data charts still, you know? And it's like, you know, just just ignore Salah, right? I mean, like, yes. tr- you know, the question about transfer out to me that that's like a like a like a that's a tactical thing. Like that to me is it's not about whether I think Salah's brilliant. It's whether I want to waste a transfer taking him out. You know, but as far as you know, captioning him, it's off the table completely. And um, and as far as if I was on a wild card, I wouldn't have my the whole podcast. Brandon just keeps coming back to to getting rid of Salah. You know, that defense. I mean. And I think we're, we're kind of wrapping things up here a little bit, Brandon. This is this is one of our shaggy okay. pods in a while. But that 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 defense, I mean, would you consider a Van Dyke? Would you consider a Trent? Like, or is it just is it that defense just kind of broken? Too much Joe Gomez, like not gonna not gonna work, you know? Like <laughs> too know much Gomez. <laughs> um, he was good in that Man City game, but after that, it, it it's the issue with Liverpool just seems to be the entire team. The last couple of weeks, the whole narrative has been yeah. about Allison and how he's saved Liverpool. He, he tried mightily to save them this weekend too, coming up for those two corner kicks, which is always Early. just so epic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like it's worth writing the entire team off right now, even including the defense just because uh, they need a break, like exhaustion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I stand by the argument of like the, the, the cycle ending and, and people would, would scream hoodoo on, on that. But I think it's just, it's sad that it's coming to an end, the whole Klopp heavy metal thing. I don't know if Klopp, I don't, I'm not suggesting Klopp has to go, but um he just needs to. You remember when uh, Coach Taylor on Friday Night Lights? He just moves to the other side of the town and starts coaching the team that's on the other side of the tracks. And it was like at first you think, well, this is a silly thing for this TV show to do, but it worked. That team, and then that team mm-hmm. turned out to be really good. He took that team to states yeah. too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So we need some form of that with with Liverpool. They just need maybe Klopp yeah. needs to go to Everton. Is is what I'm arguing for. I don't know. This is a long way of saying no. I'm not not interested. They're totally screwed. They've had Robo injuries, Trent injuries, Darwin injuries, Jota injuries, Tiago, Tiago, um, uh, Luis Diaz. Like it's you know no one ever wants to make the injury excuses, but they, it really has been kind of a snake bitten year for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, Klopp out never makes any sense to me. They've built the entire Klopp. You know, that, that, you, you take him out, it's like a five year rebuild. You know, it's like a that sounds. 
I don't think anyone's got the stomach for that, you know, in Liverpool. So, um, yeah, you don't just bring in Rafa Benitez again, you know, or whatever. No. Like, um, so that actually, you know, one thing um, I did want to sort of wrap things up here with a little bit, which is, you know, are there any defenders that that are really worth targeting down down the stretch here? And is is it really just about finding some good home fixtures? And is that you know, is it, so it's not really about the the team defense. It's about what's a good, like, you know, maybe I like, you know, like who can I sort of bring in just for one specific week, almost treat it like, like some of us treated game week 12, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going to bring in a Brighton defender for this forest match and then I'm out, you know? And, uh, yeah. I, it was, which is a strategy that worked. And so maybe that is something you could do down the line for the last couple of weeks. One defender that I was trying to work in earlier today, and I was point one short, is Diego Dallo at Manchester United. Manchester United, yeah. in game week 14, have home West Ham, followed by two away fixtures, Villa and Fulham. But I do think that United are playing very soundly organized uh, defensively. Varane yep. out possibly to through the World Cup with an injury might change my thoughts there. I kind of just want to see what more we hear about that. What do we see from Manchester United on Thursday night in Europe? But um, I think that that's a defense we haven't touched upon this episode that I think has, has kind of piqued my interest. And Dallow is... Yeah is quite integral to that attack at the moment. Yeah, I have to admit, I was slightly shocked. I, um, you know, these matches are on during the day, Brandon. You know, sometimes it is tricky, especially when you got a young child to um, totally mm-hmm. watch all them all the way through. And so I was watching that uh, Chelsea Man United match, and uh, we were... We uh, had to go to the hardware store. Exciting, exciting little slice of life, Brandon. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, it was like the 70th minute, and I'm like, "Well, this thing's this is any nil nil, 100 percent, right? Like a big match like that with like top six clubs. Like I feel like when it's like nil nil at 70, like oh, like it it feel. I, I'm sure this isn't true, but it feels in my head like 97 out of 100 of those matches end. <laughs> You know, nil nil. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just, you know, forgot about it. And 20 minutes later, uh, I checked in and I was like, one, one. You know, I was like, How, where did that come from? Like, it was such a shocking uh, one, one. Like, I don't know if you, you know, watched that one all the way through or not, but what, I did. what a crazy yeah. last 10 minutes. I did. Yeah. Uh, going back to my whole uh, story about the goal line technology, but uh, yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea blew it. They uh, were, they got a pen. You know, you can argue about the legitimacy of the pen, but they got it. Jorginho uh, took it well. It was hilarious drama before the pen. Bruno and Anthony were all like giving De Gea very, what seemed elaborate advice. They were talking to him for like minutes on end. Like, and, and, and Anthony <laughs> just kept, kept saying yeah. to De Gea, like, wait, like, wait. And the, the instruction was to like, wait for Jorginho to kick because he always does this hop and a skip and then he delicately hits it because he waits for the goalkeeper to move and still like after all this advice Jorginho just like fakes to hey out goes the other way easy clean pen and at that point um it was all Manchester United they had the rest (laughs) of the ball they were creating opportunities and I was like Chelsea is blowing this to all end because they cannot get the ball uh, and credit to Casemiro. I think he's Casemiro is another reason why you have a little bit more faith in that United yeah. defense because he's really actually come good 
uh, as a signing, and he's a great shield. We talked about the Patreon pod a little bit this week as well, yeah. and it was such a fun. You know, of course, I did watch the the highlights later, and the it was such a fun goal because it it. It almost, it's like, it's not even clear he was trying to score, you know? It's like, it was almost yeah. like he was kind of trying to put it into the box for somebody to get ahead on or something like that. And it just sort of, it was like, it almost defied, it was like, it just looped, you know? Just like right over Kepa's hand and it sort of, sort of nestled in that top left corner. You know, it was very, very cool uh, the way yeah. that, that turned out. But yeah. So he's I thought Kepa had it when he first got his mitt to it. And I was like, this Keppa is unreal, but my heart goes out yeah. to Keppa owners who were on 10 points and suddenly uh, yeah. that was all taken that's away from them, <laughs> them in <Yeah>. one, <laughs> one fell Hawkeye decision. So, um, Brennan, any final thoughts? I mean, like, do you have anything like what over the next couple of days? Is there something that you're going to I mean, I guess this is probably true for anybody who's going to transfer, right? Which is that we have. Champions League matches on Tuesday and Wednesday, Europa League on Thursday. I believe we have some Carabao Cup matches this week as well, Brandon, right? Isn't the uh, oh the, old, the old Carabao Cup happening? I I haven't tracked the fixtures, but I do believe you. Uh, so I guess that is true. <laughs> uh, I guess if, if that is true, you want to watch the rotation and the talk. injury, et cetera. I mean, I guess uh, we've got a list here in the Remember, running order. I think got the, a little time. Okay, good, good, good. Less, one last thing to worry about. Got a, a cheeky little list of low-budget guys, and I think this is really the last thing that to say and one thing that will really sort of uh, uh, change my wild card is do I have enough faith in either Almiron, Jaka, or Iwobi? Now, Jaka used to be, uh, or Iwobi, what? No, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say here is I remember when Iwobi was at Arsenal. The team that Jaka mm-hmm. plays for, every season I would have Owobi because I would be tricked by Arsene Wenger into thinking he's going to be part of the starting lineup now and he's really cheap and I think he's great. I am thrilled, <laughs> yeah. beyond thrilled, to see it be the age of Owobi at Goodison Park and may it <laughs> may it lo- last a long time. About but it is week, like, it's fun to watch. Do you actually have the guts? Do you have the stones to put a Wobi in your fantasy team? I'm not sure I do. Jaka? No, of course not. No. <laughs> ja- ja- <laughs> I mean, Wobi. Go on. Like, he stinks. I would never. Have oh, that's unkind. Team. I he think he's he quite can't good. Even shoot. No, I mean he's, he can run. Like he's a you know he's he's a speedster. You know, but he I, I do not think of him as a as a terrific. Fantasy asset, I think. Okay, uh, I, I love. I like this. Give me the unvarnished Josh Landon opinion on Granite Jaka. Then, well, uh, Jaka to me is. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, he almost scored again today. Like it, he, you know, he did score today. Uh, or, or he did. He, no, he did score. Of course. Um, I don't know how this keeps happening. It's like it feels like <laughs> he shouldn't be getting this far yeah. forward. You know, it's like uh, it's like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I can't. You know, and so it's like I don't it feels fluky still. It's like, it's, you know, it just feels like it's not, it's not going to, he's not going to keep doing this. Whereas Almiron is, you know, like, I mean, when he sort of just finally lived up to the potential that he had, I mean, you know, he's sort of this, you know, Atlanta FC, you know, they had this MLS club and he was sort of, he, he rode them to an MLS cup, you know, with this incredible, brilliant performance. And he signs with, um, signs with Newcastle at the end of that season and as many ma- Newcastle managers ago now. And, uh, you know, and he comes in and it's, uh, you know, he's just kind of a flop for the first six months. And then 
sort of slowly got like better and better and better. And I'm just, I'm glad it's like he stuck it out, you know, because, um, now it's just like, he just like scores a brilliant goal every week. It's like, it'd be, but he always kind of had that, you know, in, in, his, mm-hmm. in his locker I agree. or whatever, you know, and it's, yeah. and so I, you know, I, I, I really like him. I think he's cheap. I, I, he's probably a little bit of a form player too, or it's just like, it's not going to last forever, but he's just super hot right now. And that team is good. Like <laughs> that match today, I really, I mean, you know, the, the story was kind of Spurs just like needing a lot more of everything, it feels like. But, you know, I think like the, their defense looked really strong. I thought their attack was good. I mean, it's kind of funny. You have, you have Ben White and Dan Byrne, these like, these gigantic fullbacks, you know, he's like both, both have passed through Brighton. Credit to Graham yeah, Potter. Well, well, yeah, probably, probably probably actually does, does deserve some credit. But, you know, I think it's, um, I don't know. I just think I, you know, I just feel like like they're really solid. And I mean, Callum Wilson probably should at least be in consideration for your um, for your wildcard team too. I mean, he's looks great. I'm so glad they didn't call that a foul because like, what else was he supposed to do? He like literally just stood there. You know, it was. It reminded me of the <laughs> Holland. The, it reminded me of the first Holland goal where he just completely annihilates one of those poor <laughs> Brighton guys, just like explodes yeah. them into a million uh, proton <laughs> particles. And they're like, well, can you do that? And um, I, I, like, I thought that was a good continuation of that Holland call to the Lurie's Callum Wilson situation. It was the truth. What yeah. we saw, yeah. the outcome, it was the, it truth. Was the truth. The truth won out in the end, Brian, yeah. which I think is great. It you know, it's a uh, it set us free in the process. I, I think, um, yeah, I, I came away very impressed with the defense. Uh, very impressed with Wilson. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun squad, and um, it's kind of you know, like I know, like for all the talk about the ownership group and stuff like that, it's it. That team at the moment is a, is a, is a fun and easy team to root for. It is not, they have not like bought, you know, they they're not like it feels like there's enough mix of like the players who were there before, yeah. you know, to sort of feel yeah. like there's like a real story to to how they've you know gotten better. Yeah, the day may come where Newcastle is unrecognizable and it's just some sort of a global uh, oil money team. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right now, it's it's Eddie Howe and his troops, and it's a delight to see what they do week to week. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's a nice note to end the pod on, Brandon. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. hope this was, if not helpful, at least interesting. And uh, thank you for um, for listening all the way through. And uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, once again, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, I'll thank our producer patrons here, Brandon, Mike mm-hmm. DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Big Gaffer, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yunos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Yuong, Shiv Majoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Velger Paulson Kruger, Velgen, Velger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin Afkanakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morales, Thomas Tisloff, and our newest uh, Patreon supporters, Noah and Louise. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, for supporting the podcast. You can find the podcast on any number of networks and the website. And anything else you want to say, Brandon? I love football. Uh, that's what I want to say. I, I want to end my saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hitting play. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.